Hello, I'm Greg Dixon. I'm the Chief Technology Officer for ScanSource. And this is What's Next. In this series of podcasts, we'll take a look at the technology horizon together and try to make some sense of what we see out there. And I'll try to explain it in a way that anyone might recognize and feel comfortable with. In other words, I'll try to explain a specific technology to a non-technology listener. And together, we'll investigate what's next in technology. But also, from time to time, we might take a look at what's here and now as well. So, what's next? Blockchain in Context, Part 1. A blockchain is a chain of blocks. Each block contains some digital content that has value. Each block in the chain is connected to the one before it and to the one after it. Every participant in the blockchain has a current copy of the whole chain of blocks. So, it's hard to break the chain or change the data contained in any of the blocks. Blockchain. <laughs> simple, right? Well, no, it's not simple. In fact, it's hard. I've been explaining blockchain for a couple of years now, but I usually use a pretty good PowerPoint to help me with this. Um, it has charts and pictures and some really cool videos that I stole off the internet. Blockchain is a topic that really benefits from pictures. So they say a picture is worth a thousand words and all that. Um, so what's a video worth? A an even better question is what's just the audio from a video worth? Well, we may just get a chance to find out. This is a podcast, and I'll need to try to explain this with just audio and no pictures or animated charts or videos other than any ones that I might be able to create in your own mind. So get yourself a good cup of coffee. Clear your minds for just a little while. This could be fun, maybe. But let me say one more time. Blockchain is hard to understand, but maybe by the end of this, if you'll make your way all the way through part one and part two, then you'll know enough to do a bit of study on your own and maybe not get overwhelmed like I did. So here goes. So let's say that you sell a service and I want it. I had a bad fire at my restaurant. And your company cleans up after fires. Okay, that's the scenario. And you say to me, pay me $10,000 up front. And when I see the funds in my account, I'll begin work. We'll settle up when we're done. So I don't have many choices here. I begin the process of transferring funds. Now, I could snail mail you a paper check. Probably not. I could give you a credit card number, but 10000 is a lot on a credit card. That's a pretty big fee. 
I could initiate a funds transfer. I mean, so all of these are going to take time and people and cost somebody money. They create friction in the process of doing business. Why is that? Well, because there's a third party involved, maybe several, like banks, um, maybe a credit card processor. And all the while, I'm waiting for you to begin work and my restaurant is closed until you finish. So what if I could pay you nearly instantly, completely secure, and you know immediately that I really do have the funds to pay, and you know that I can't also promise those same funds to someone else. In other words, I can't double spend them. I mean, all that's what the bank usually does. And there are no fees for transacting the deal. In other words, there's, there's no third party involved. And we could do all this within a few minutes of agreeing on the deal. So what if we could do away with all that business friction? Well, that's what a blockchain can do. But a blockchain can do a lot more than just move money. What if musicians could register their new song with an immutable time and date stamp and have it copywritten securely forever. And they could sell it and get paid the whole amount and not just a royalty fee. There's, there's no record company or digital music service to pay. What if you bought a piece of property and wanted to build on it, but someone else says that they own the property? And so whose title is correct? Who had it first and what did they pay for it? And did they pay the taxes every year since? You can buy it without worry and without anyone doing an expensive title search. What if you could sell products through an online e-commerce system and you know that the funds are in your hands immediately so that you could safely ship it to the business who purchased it. And you could do so without a credit card fee of 2 or 3%. I mean, imagine increasing your gross profit by that 2 or 3%. And what if the system that did all this could also execute the terms of a predetermined contract between the two companies that defined Things like shipping terms and insurance, um, return policies, almost anything. And do all this without any human intervention. All that is what a blockchain can do. And a lot more. Listen, what if you could register and protect your intellectual property without a lawyer? I mean, ideas and inventions, predictions, any kind of written material, um, contracts. Wait a minute, med medical records? Whoa, wait a minute, votes. What if we could vote over the internet with absolutely no intervention from the Russians? I mean, a blockchain can do 
all that. So let me set the table with this. Blockchain was and is the platform built to run the Bitcoin application. And I'm sure you're familiar with Bitcoin. Maybe even own a few Bitcoins. I don't know. But Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. Okay, listen, not to get too basic here, but first, a currency is a form of value, right? The U.S. dollar is our basic form of currency, and it's administered by the U.S. Federal Reserve System, or the Fed, we call them. Now, the Fed determines the value of a dollar and guarantees that it has some value in our economy. But if you have $1,000 in your bank account, there are not actually $1,000 bills stacked up in a vault someplace with your name on it. In reality, you own the value that is represented virtually by those $1,000 bills. And so it's really just virtual money. And your bank keeps track of it and transfers it to others as you direct them to. That's currency. Okay, now cryptocurrency. Your 1,000 U.S. greenbacks, just that, the United States currency. But in England, they don't use the U.S. dollar. They trade in pounds sterling. So right now on April 27th, 2020 at 12, 14 p.m., your 1,000 U.S. dollars are worth 810 pounds sterling. And just across the channel, it's worth 920 euros. So I guess my point here is that there are lots of currencies in the world and their relative value is constantly changing. I mean, talk about complex. And the banks that manage all this complexity don't do it for free. Now, wouldn't it be nice if there was one world currency and no World Bank. I mean, without this sounding too much like some dystopian movie about, you know, one world order or something, let me say this. That's exactly what cryptocurrency is all about. Now, in 2007, a person or a group of persons, it's kind of mysterious, using a pseudonym of Satoshi Nakamoto, they created Bitcoin the first cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is a digital asset that works as a medium of exchange, just like a dollar or a pound or a euro. But unlike these currencies, these other currencies, there are no physical notes to put in your wallet. They are entirely digital. Even though it called Bitcoin, there's no coin. They depend on cryptography to control their creation and the, their management, as opposed to depending on banks or the Federal Reserve. Cryptography is just the science of keeping something secret and secure. Now, we use cryptography every day. We probably just don't know about it. Um, in applications like um, e-commerce payments, 
credit cards, computer passwords, secret military communications. I mean, really, it's everywhere, cryptography. It's just complex math done by computers. And as you might expect, that if a digital currency is going to find widespread use, then it has to be trustworthy, right? And so a cryptocurrency is one that is backed up by some serious computing science and some complex math. But the two things that I see as the most basic benefits of using a cryptocurrency is that, first, it's universal, just as valid in one country as any other. Also, there's no bank or processor or lawyer or accountant involved, all with their hands out looking to get paid. You know, it's just you and me doing business. My restaurant had a fire and I'll pay you to clean it up. No fees, no waiting, no friction. Now that's what Bitcoin is for. Or maybe Ethereum, that's another cryptocurrency. Or Tether, or Lifecoin, or any of a few hundred others that you could find. But that's all about cryptocurrencies. That's not what we're here to talk about. What the heck is a blockchain? So these mysterious guys who invented Bitcoin had to also create a system, a platform that would actually allow people to transact business and be confident that it was safe and secure and everything was valid and above board. Blockchain is that underlying platform. And in maybe what was the most brilliant or maybe crazy part of it all is that they released their platform to the open source community. I mean, they gave it away. Now, this guaranteed that all those other cryptocurrencies could now compete with Bitcoin, but competition builds trust, and with trust comes acceptance and momentum. And I'm going to tell you, that's exactly what Bitcoin needed. But soon, I suppose, it made sense that someone would ask this simple question. What else could this blockchain platform be used for? So what if we stripped off the Bitcoin application? What else could we transact? What else could we keep safe and secure? What else could use a little less friction. And so today, there are dozens of blockchain vendors out there who are helping answer these very questions. And they include the big guys like IBM and Oracle and Amazon. And you can subscribe to their platform as a service and build your own application right on top of their blockchain platform. And we're also starting to see companies who provide the applications to run on it as well. And so we'll talk about use cases maybe a little later. So think of blockchain like the operating system on your computer with the application running on top of the OS. And the user is paying for the operating system, but it's a part of the overall solution. So how does this work? First, think in terms of transactions. 
So I have something of value and I want to transfer it to you. And the first thing my accountant would want to do is to record that transaction on a ledger. Now, my really cool PowerPoint, if you could see it, shows you a picture of a ledger page, right? Green and white lines with columns for date of transaction with debits and credits and balances. And it's pretty basic accounting here. But that's exactly what blockchain is. It's basic business accounting on steroids. So blockchain is all about transactions. But then think in terms of tracking, transactions and tracking. Think about chain of custody, chain of ownership, chain of condition. That's called provenance, by the way, provenance. Um, it's a new word for me. You did a great job of the restoration on my restaurant, and it's reopened after the fire. Now, I depend on a supply chain of various fresh foods. That's the kind of restaurant we are. But one day, my customers start getting very sick. And the health department comes to me and tells me that it's me that made them all sick. And the next person through the door is the local TV news reporter. So what do I do? So what do I do? I think, well, I'm fortunate because my supplier uses a very sophisticated Internet of Things system to track and trace every product that I buy all the way back to the source. I mean, where the beef is on the hoof and the spinach was in the field. But when we check out all of this data, every one of his suppliers shows me their records where everything was kept cold and safe and pure all the way from farm to table. And so, you know, it looks like I'm on the hook for all this. So I find myself at the mercy of all of these suppliers' supply chain data. But more specifically, I'm at the mercy of their own honesty and integrity. And how do I know that they didn't just move a decimal point or adjust a timestamp just to protect their own reputation and pocketbook? If the supply chain IoT data were recorded in a blockchain, then I would not have to trust my suppliers. I mean, trust was simply not a factor. So blockchain is all about transactions and tracking. But that makes it sound simple, and it's not simple. We have called the blockchain a ledger, and it is. And now let's add to this concept a whole list of words that maybe will flesh it out a bit more. So here goes. A blockchain is persistent. That means it lasts forever, or as long as it has a value, right? It's persistent. A blockchain is immutable. That means it cannot be changed. I mean, it's truly tamper-proof. Okay, you hackers, just hang on. You're going to see what I'm talking about in a minute. A blockchain is transparent. Nothing is hidden from the participants. Everybody sees everything. A blockchain is peer-to-peer. That means there are no third parties involved like banks. It is com 
completely self-governing. A blockchain is public. It's on the internet, a public network. And so, so everyone can participate who's allowed to participate. A blockchain is decentralized. That means that every participant has a complete copy of the whole ledger. This might be the most important word on the list. So let me say it again. It's decentralized. Every participant has a complete and up-to-date copy of the whole ledger. I'm going to try to demonstrate that for you in just a few minutes. It's that important. A blockchain is trustless. You don't have to trust the other parties. So the blockchain keeps everyone honest. There's no centralized official copy. One does not exist. And no user is trusted more than any other user. So it's trustless. A blockchain is time-stamped. Every record has an unchangeable time and date stamp. So let that one sink in for just a minute. A blockchain is append only. Append only. That says that you can only add to this ledger. You can never, ever change anything that has been added and approved by all the participants. A blockchain is real time. So approval is automated and it acts in near real time. So let me summarize uh, all that with this. A blockchain is a digital ledger that allows information to be distributed, but not copied or altered, period. So now do you see my PowerPoint slide? The big green and white ledger page with these words on it. A blockchain is persistent, immutable, transparent, peer-to-peer, public, decentralized, with that one underlined, trustless, time-stamped, append-only, real-time. So a blockchain is a digital ledger that allows information to be distributed but not copied or altered. So blockchain is about transactions and tracking. But if that doesn't quite click with you somehow, then you can think of it maybe this way. A blockchain records state and history. Just think about those two words a minute. So state is the current value of a situation. So think of maybe the balance in your checking account right now. So that's your financial state at the moment. History is the entire history of every state as it changes. And so you see in your bank account where your paycheck was deposited, and then you pay some bills and maybe withdraw some cash at an ATM. You use your debit card. You see all that. That's your history. Now, state is only modified by new transactions and additions. So every transaction creates a new state. In other words, a new balance. But then everyone must agree on the new state before it's recorded. 
And so if this is a joint checking account, then you and your spouse should probably both be in agreement on how the money is spent, at least in theory. But a blockchain is trustless and transparent and not exactly like a joint checking account. It involves business relationships with people that you don't know. So you can see why it has to be so secure. In a blockchain, for someone to cheat, then everyone must agree to let him cheat because everyone has a copy of the one and only ledger. Okay, so back to my PowerPoint. On a new slide, now you see 10 computer icons and each with a head and shoulders silhouette that represents a participant of our blockchain. Okay, so you see that. And there are 10 of them all around the outside. They're scattered all around the edge of the slide. Now, these 10 participants are called nodes. It's a permissioned blockchain with 10 nodes. So you need permission to participate. Okay, so here comes the slide animation. A big rectangle appears in the middle of all the participants, and it has some text in it and a picture. And this represents a new block with digital content created by one of the participants. Orange lines extend from the block in the middle to each of the participants' computers. And this is where the new block is verified by every participant on the blockchain network. The big central block now fades out and a little copy of the block appears on every one of the computer screens at each participant node. You see 10 nodes and 10 copies of the block. If the block is verified by the network, then the block is added to the ledger that everybody has an identical copy of. This process of approval is called consensus. And that word makes sense here, I think, doesn't it? Everyone must reach a consensus for the ledger to be changed. So this slide also demonstrates how the blockchain is distributed, not centralized. There are 10 nodes and 10 copies of the ledger. One ledger that's distributed among many participants. The new block is connected to the previous, most recent block, and that block is connected to the one before it and the one before that, and all connected in a series back to the one that we might call the Genesis block, the first block in the chain. Blocks in a chain, and thus the name blockchain. Okay, let's take a break right here. So far, we've talked a lot about the theory of blockchain what it can do, some about how it works. In part two, we will delve into how and why it's so secure. And we'll talk more about some of the use cases that have nothing to do with cryptocurrencies. See you next time for part two of Blockchain in Context. Music